Welcome to the official ABA Law Student Podcast, where we talk about issues that affect law students and recent grads. From finals and graduation to the bar exam and finding a job, this show is your trusted resource for the next big step. You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Hey guys, and welcome to the ABA's Law Student Podcast on Legal Talk Network. I am the one and only Megan Steenberg. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So the wonderful Megan has graciously allowed me to be your new host of this podcast. And who am I? I am Demario Thornton. So let me tell you a little bit about myself. I am a 3L. That means that I am at the end of my law school journey in May. That's it. I'm done. Thank goodness. I attend the great Southern University Law Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, so I'm a Southern boy. Uh, let's see. What else about me? I'm the editor-in-chief of Southern University's Law Review. We are going to have a wonderful year. We're going to have some great conversations with people I agree with, people I don't agree with. But the common theme throughout this entire year will be people who have journeyed through law school and they just want to share some gems, some tips, some tricks for the next generation of law students. So I want you to join me throughout this year. We're going to have an amazing time. And today I have a special guest, a very special guest. So you've heard of Madonna, you've heard of Cher, Beyonce, <laughs> Adele, Bono, you know, all the people with one name, you know them by one name. It is the one and only Amorosa. How are you, Amorosa? Hi. Welcome to the show. <laughs> That's quite an introduction. <laughs> I was trying to think of it. I was like, everyone knows you just by one name, Omarosa. Like, how does it feel to just be known by one name? You forgot one line. You forgot to say, and my classmate. <laughs> Listen, okay, so I was going to get into that. So I, so let me just say this, this first thing. So I, when I had to get my first guest for this new iteration of the ABA's Law Student Podcast, I was like, Omarosa. And first of all, let me just say, like, Omarosa is probably one of the nicest, well-known people that I've ever met. So let me start by saying that you are so nice. Um, I remember when I first found out you were coming to Southern University Law Center. Well, when I found out, I didn't even find out beforehand. I saw you at the election. I'm like, wait, Omarosa goes to my school? I'm like, wait, ain't. I was so surprised at how normal you were and how engaged you were in the um we were doing an election at the time a student elections and I was just like surprised that you were like playing the game like you know what I mean I just thought you would be too cool for school to even like play those games or whatever but you were running for a position and I was just like oh wow that's like really cool so like <laughs> Before I end my rant, like, I just want to say super sweet, super nice person. I have to tell them the story of how you asked me to be on this podcast. Go ahead. Go ahead. So we just had an event at the Law Center called Diamonds and Denim, and I have a plate full of food. Of course, I'm volunteering because that's what I do. I'm volunteering to register guests and I'm like snacking a little bit. He walks up. He's like, hey, you want to be on my podcast? I'm like, Sure. <laughs> It was such 
such a, it was just such a, a fun, organic moment. And then he started telling me about it. And fast forward, here I am. Uh, first of all, Tamario, it's so wonderful to be a guest on your inaugural episode of your podcast. I'm honored to be a part of this. And I can't wait to have a, just a really fun conversation because every time I get to spend time with you, whether it's here or, you know, at Barrister Ball, which we'll have to tell them all yes. about. <laughs> Um, you have just been so wonderful and engaging and very, very helpful. Um, so I appreciate that. Thank you so much. My mom would be so proud. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to start, I guess, from the beginning. So we all know you from from TV, just quote unquote mm-hmm. TV. What throughout your life's trajectory brought you to law school? I wanted to go to law school right out of undergrad. I graduated from Central State University where I was a student athlete and I was a beauty queen. I was Miss Central State. Yes, yes, you were. <laughs> Which and, is a big and, deal for people that and don't let know. Me, <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't want to go out on a tangent, but I can remember because I was a HBCU king myself. And I remember um, when this was like 2009, we went to meet Mr. and Miss Central State and they were like, Omarosa went to our school. And immediately, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Immediately, I was like, I'm team Amarosa. This is like in 2009. I was like, because it's a small Listen, community of people. The highlight that- of my central state, you know, of course, playing volleyball, which is my passion. I'm an athlete and a competitor just by nature. But becoming Miss Central State was the pinnacle of my HBCU journey. You know, being an HBCU queen or king like yourself. It just, you know, it doesn't get any better in terms of representing your school and promoting what you yes. love. So, yes, I went to Central State and at Central State, I wanted to go to law school, but I have dyslexia. I have a learning disability. I have a combination of reading disability and in addition to um, dyslexia. And so I just didn't have the confidence. Everybody told me how hard law school was going to be for someone like me, how many challenges, how much reading. And so I decided to go another path. I applied for a master's program at Howard. I did study for the LSAT and it was it was incredibly hard for me even then. But I started taking the LSAT. I was also applying to all these other opportunities and I got a full ride for my master's and doctorate at Howard University. And so I decided to continue down in communications because, you know, if nothing else, your girl can talk. <laughs> so she can speak. I just had she to really make, make a career out of communications, yes. But in the back of my mind, you know, I wanted to go to law school. And at the time, there were tools for people with um, learning disabilities, but not the tools that they have now, DeMario. And so I thought like a lawyer, I carried myself like a lawyer. I studied law and policy when I got to my graduate education. So my specialty is in telecommunication, law and policy. So I did a lot of policy work, but I just never made the leap to go to law school. And this is the first time I'm hearing about this. This is crazy because I also, um, I have a learning disability. I'm ADHD and I literally was like, oh yeah, I can't go to law school just because I thought like you just can't. It would be too much of a hill to climb to even try yeah. to go through that. But that is that's weird because I never knew that about you. So do you believe that your life's trajectory would have been different if you had went straight to law school right from Central? I'm so glad I didn't. You know, in hindsight, now that I'm here, I'm a better law student. I believe I'll be a better lawyer because 
of the experiences that I had prior to coming to law school. Straight out of undergraduate, I don't think I had the maturity or the outlook on life to be a strong advocate. But because of the things that I've been through, in addition to, you know, I, I think I've I shared with you privately, my brother was murdered, going through his trial, going through that legal situation and all the other incredible legal situations I've had to go through in and out of the courtroom have truly prepared me to take law very seriously, to not have an ego-driven law career. You know, my, my work is driven by my passion. And so I'm glad, you know, that I didn't go to law school out of straight out of Central State because I would not be able to comprehend the information that I'm taking in now, nor could I put it in context to how to best advocate and be a voice for those who have no voice and, and, and fight for those who can't fight for themselves. Yeah, I always try to tell people, well, people don't realize that I am actually a non-traditional student. I'm 34 years old and I was out of school for 10 years. Being a non-traditional student is literally like having a superpower because <laughs> you have a different vantage point than the people going straight through. Now, while there are very smart 23-year-olds going straight through, there are certain blind spots that they have that I believe non-traditional students like really get to see. I'm also able to advocate for myself more, you know? Yes. I, you know, if someone would have called on me a year after I was out of undergrad, you know, in a law classroom, I would have been nervous. Now when they call on me, I'm like, oh, 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 me, me, me. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. ready. Nothing yeah. intimidates me or, or scares me. And, and in that way, instead of having the nervousness that you would traditionally have, I can actually take in the information and have a very robust conversation and engagement with my professor and my classmates because I don't have the nerves and I'm not intimidated by the situations that, you know, I think traditionally you would be if you're really young coming straight into law school. So I was telling you the other day, I was like, so most law students, we have this, uh, what do you call it, imposter syndrome. Do you ever feel like that? Or on your first day of law school, did you feel like, oh, but then again, you're like, Amoroso, so you probably don't feel that. Not even in the least. No. Here, right? I'm right here where I belong. I I, um, I have to testify a little bit. God is the author and finisher of my faith. He has written my life story, every chapter of it. He has had his hands in it. And it truly is no accident that I'm here at this time in my life and preparing to go on and, and try to be the most effective advocate that I can be. And so, no, I, I'm right where I'm supposed to be when I'm supposed to be and where I'm supposed to be. And I trust God in his His very infinite power and wisdom that um, I'll be equipped to do the work. Okay, so I, before I came to law school, I was a flight attendant. And my thing that I used to do when I have downtime is I would read books about celebrities. Now, I have a very picky palate. Now, my palate is only for nonfiction celebrity books. That's that's all I read. So I actually did read your book when it first came out, Unhinged. And okay. I was reading in your book that you were very meticulous with your journaling skills about, you know, I was at this place at this time, at this place at this time, which a regular person like me, I wouldn't even think to know what time I ate last. <laughs> 
Has your meticulous journaling helped you in law school? Oh, yeah, it really has. Law school requires that you retain a significant amount of information in a very short amount of time. But I've learned not to just take notes about the law or a particular case. I also write a lot about how I feel in that moment and my reaction to the case. I also notate what I think I would have done if I were in fact representing the defendant or representing the plaintiff in a particular case. And sometimes I put myself in the seat of, of the judge and try to take their point of view. That has changed my outlook on how I engage with particularly historic cases. And it has helped me to learn material um, so much faster because I'm always thinking from everyone's point of view. This is what I would have done. This is how I would have looked at it. And it helps me when I try to even kind of merge all of the analysis together. So yeah, my journaling is is one of my secret weapons. <laughs> oh, it definitely is because I, yeah, it is. What has been, I guess, your hardest part about being in law school? Well, the hardest thing for me is, um, first of all, I started law school in the middle of a pandemic. I do not recommend it. No. <laughs> and uh, I was in the middle of two major legal battles with probably the most powerful man in the world. Donald Trump was suing me. And he also sicked the Justice Department on me. So I'm starting law school with those two legal cases going on at the same time. <laughs> so, I mean, it just, you can't make this up. There were times that I would, I would leave class and then I'd have to go to a deposition, right? And then, and then I, or I would be in class and a headline would break about one of my cases. So, you know, talk about trying to focus uh, while in law school. Just And then one of my cases resolved. I was in the middle of a class and my phones were going off. You know, and I read the headline before I even talked to my attorney because I didn't want to take the call because I was in class. So, yeah, that has been the biggest challenge. Second was, of course, doing it in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And... Uh, Coming to, you know, we came on campus and then we went back home and then we never came back to campus for the rest of the semester. You know, you were there, you correct. lived it. That is correct. <laughs> so I learned so much better in person and in the classroom and being in an academic environment. I do not learn well with my puppy at my feet barking, my husband trying to figure out when dinner is going to be ready, and my kid coming in looking for his laundry. It's, it's just not a good balance when you're in the gym trying to take law classes. <laughs> Has it been a, like, uh, would you say like law school is just like another job for you because you've had a lot of high powered jobs? No, mm -mm. there is okay. nothing, nothing like law school. <laughs> Okay. Let the people know, Marosa. Let them know. <laughs> but first of all, let me just shamelessly plug this in here. She has been on national television. She has worked in the White House. And she said that law school is like nothing else. So all the haters out there who know that I'm in law school, y'all hear what Amorosa <laughs> is telling you. We are going through a lot in law school. Yes. Actually, I, I work full time and I'm in school. You know, I'm in the evening program. So yeah. when I go to work in the morning, when I clock in at 9 a.m., although I don't clock in, you know, I'm a vice yeah. president. But when I go to work in the morning, it is um, it's a relief 
to not have, you know, 200 pages of reading to do. You know, I just get to do my job and I have a start and a finish and I'm done. With law school, there is no finish. There's always another chapter that has to be read. There are always cases that need to be briefed. And then, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, I am very active in student government here on campus. I'm volunteering. I still go to court and advocate. (laughs) <laughs> I have to interrupt you, Amorosa. No, y'all, seriously, she's not like coming to school with like tons of like paparazzi and just like waving goodbye. Like, no, she is really like a student. She's talking to people. She is involved. She's a part of committees on SBA and stuff like No, this is serious. Like, she is a real person at school, sitting in classes and actually a part of the experience. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to immerse myself. I, if I, I, I felt if I was going to do law school that I needed to do to the fullest extent possible. And that meant completely submersing myself in the experience. And I wanted to have an authentic law school experience, kind of like the girl graduating from Central State that should have went to law school, but went another path. Um, I also am an advocate, a victim's right advocate for the Hubbard House, which is a domestic violence program. And so I'm actually in the court advocating for victims of domestic violence. Now I can't advocate standing there. I can whisper things to them, but you know, of course, because I'm not barred yet, I can't actually fight their cases for them. But as an advocate, I've had a chance to stand in the courtroom, interact with all of the officials, and in a lot of cases really help people improve their lives, improve their situations. And so the magnitude of my studies hits me every single time I walk in the courtroom. Um, Sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not equipped. I don't know that case, or I don't know that particular law, or I don't know that maneuver to help my client. And so I know that I have a significant amount of work to do, and I'm not rushing it because there's so much to learn. I'm rushing. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to be finished. I'm trying to be done. I'm (laughs) sick of law school, okay? I'm going to be a 7L by the time this gets done. What's been your hardest uh, course, you think? What's the hardest course? Oh, I thought contracts was going to be hard, but as you know, I'm absolutely not. Yes. <laughs> Listen, for those out there that, that, that do not know what callying means, that callying means you got the highest grade in your section or your cohort. And Omarosa <laughs> and myself, my first year, Kelly contracts and contracts is actually pretty difficult for people when they first come in because it's not something that you've ever not normal people but you've probably dealt with a lot of contracts yeah but even if you've had a lot of contracts as you know it was my first semester of law school first year first semester first class and i was intimidated it's a lot it's a lot to get to know a lot to learn and so, I mean, my proudest moment of law school thus far was, you know, finding out that I Cali got It's like winning a Grammy <laughs> or something. People just tell you, that, have you seen the Cali's? Have you seen it? Yeah, it's really like. And that's how I found out. I found out by somebody else who walked up to me and said, congratulations, you Cali contracts. And I'm like, how do you know this? They even, they knew how to go to the website and oh, look yes. to see who got the oh, talk. Yes. I had no yes. idea. It's and then when I saw experience. you, 
at Barrister Ball, and you were like, you should be on the journal. I know that you've done well at school. I'm thinking, yes. how does he know? You're like, because I saw your Cali. Saw the Cali. <laughs> yes. I'm looking through the Cali's to see who who is the person or the people who are really doing what they're supposed to be doing. Because, you know, people yeah. will join a lot of different things in law school, and they'll be a part of it for some. But you go to that Cali list, and you see who's really putting in the work. So kudos to you. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now, I okay, I think this is going to be the last thing that I um kind of fangirl out. Like, we've talked about <laughs> our love for Big Brother. Love Big Brother. Yes. Love it, love it, love it. I'm a highly competitive person, and you have been on uh, two iterations of Big Brother. Would you say yes. you can take some of <laughs> those qualities that you use in Big Brother for law school? <laughs> Oh, I'd like to think you can, but um, so just in terms of, I, I need to tell people why I love reality TV. So when you're an athlete, I, I've been an athlete since I was seven. I played volleyball track, all of that, full ride to Central State on a volleyball scholarship. Um, thought I would play professional volleyball. Obviously, that didn't happen. But um, when you become an adult, there's no more games. You know, you don't get to. You don't get to prepare for competitions. You don't get to compete and have fun, make friends that you, you know, like you do when you're a competitor. One of the reasons I love reality TV so much is I can't. I really still can't believe they pay me to go on and do, and do these shows because I'm so competitive. I get to live in a house with these wonderful people. Um, or I got to live in the house with all these wonderful people and do these fun games and talk and meet different cultures. I mean, you mentioned uh, the Australia Big Brother I did. That was yes. phenomenal. I got to meet people from around the world that I never thought I would meet. But um, it's always the celebrity version, so it's always shorter, <laughs> less painful. <laughs> but at least you're actually going to these shows and doing it. I'm doing it in my mind. I'm like, Law school is a reality show and this is a competition and I have to be the best. And so at least you're actually going on actual shows, but I'm dealing with it in my mind. So I just want to end this little bit with what words of wisdom do you have for another non-traditional law student who is contemplating going to law school or doing anything that they don't think they're equipped to do? Um, I get this question a lot because people are still trying to wonder, you know, <laughs> you know, what can I do to go to law school? How can I um, get into law school? Uh, first of all, I will tell you if I can do it, you can't do it. Trust me um, with all of the challenges that I've gone through just in my life, in my academic career um, of advocating for myself and getting the right tools so that I could, you know, be an effective learner. Um, first of all, the first decision is to do it. I mean, just think about it. It's 24 years since I dreamed about being in law school that I'm just getting into this. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is that it's going to stretch your critical thinking to start thinking a little deeper. In terms of if you are interested in going to law school, I would say start studying for the LSAT right now. I mean, just even if it's three years from now, just start preparing for the um, LSAT. And then once you get accepted, my biggest advice is to touch up on your typing. <laughs> it's the most underrated skill that no one prepared me for. Thank God I used to type, you know, 40, 50 words a minute. Um, and now that I'm a little older, I'm not typing that fast, but I at least had the skill to build on. 
study your, or at least acquire typing skills. You will need it. It will help you tremendously. But also, you know, go somewhere where you can also enjoy the culture. I love Southern University. We're in the middle of the campus, and there are often times that I've got friends now. I've got a little tribe. They'll come and grab me and say, let's walk over to see this, or let's go experience this, or this lecture is happening on campus. And so I'm not just stuck at the law school. I am having a full HBCU experience. I have my incredible village of support here. And I'm just loving every minute. And you're part of my village, Demario. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad to be a part of the village. I do want to let people know that they definitely need to go out and get your book unhinged. I have personally read this. This is before I really learned how to read in law school. This is some good juicy stuff in this book and I love it and your entire background like that people don't know what they can get in a little snippet of 22 minutes it's all played out in there Mm -hmm. if people are trying to find you on social media where can they find you well if you're looking for me on social media first of all if you're going to buy the book Amazon I think is the best place I also will sign it too you can go to my website and it'll tell you how I can autograph your books In terms of social media, thank God my father gave me a unique name. I am at Omarosa on everything. Twitter, on Instagram, Snap, TikTok, you name it, LinkedIn. I'm the only Omarosa that you'll find. And if you follow me, I will definitely follow you back. I want to once again thank Omarosa so much for coming and speaking with me here on the ABA's Law Student Podcast. If you are listening to us... Well, you already know how to find us because you're listening to us right now. So wherever you're listening to us, just continue to do that, either on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify Podcasts. Whatever it is, just make sure you listen. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you join us next time where we're going to continue our conversation with Omarosa on this podcast. All right. See you later. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. Remember, U.S. law students at ABA-accredited schools can join the ABA for free. Join now at AmericanBar.org forward slash law student. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.